Chapter 5. Consensus Master Yoda and Obi-Wan ambled down the corridor together, speaking easily and quietly. It was unnerving how calm Obi-Wan was about all of this. Unnatural. Never, in all his years of study of the Force or of the Order, had Mace Windu ever encountered anything like it. Time travel. He suddenly realized that he would be in charge of briefing the Council on this debacle. Where would he begin? What happened down there? Qui-Gon appeared at his side. Mace was surprised to find that for once he was completely sympathetic to Jin's unbridled feeling. I don't know, the Master of the Order confessed. It was not an easy admission for either party. The Force is thick down there. The deeper you go, the closer it becomes. But that in and of itself is normal, negligible. We were inspecting the damage. The man had claimed to be Kenobi, so when I found the saber, I gave it to Obi-Wan to compare with his own. As soon as he touched it, it... he had some sort of vision. He would not tell me what happened. Qui-Gon's face was drawn tight in inscrutable emotion. Psychometry? Is it possible he saw something that happened with the man's supposed death? I don't know, Mace reiterated. He was in a trance for over a minute. I was worried. When it ended, I asked him what happened, and he told me that he might know who the man was. He might know? May shrugged. I asked him what he saw, and he told me he couldn't explain it. He was shaken. I didn't press it. I trusted him. He didn't even hint that that man is himself. Qui-Gon glared to the spot up ahead where his apprentice stepped through a door alongside Master Yoda. He and his Padawan were going to have words. Soon. As soon as possible. The lingering scintilla of Ben's presence set Qui-Gon's nerves on end, mingling with Obi-Wan's force signature and confusing their bond. Qui-Gon needed to get to the bottom of this now. The Council will want to speak with him, Mace warned. I will speak with him first, came the counter-threat. Be careful, Qui-Gon. The underlying barb made Qui-Gon rein in his step and turned to face the Corrin Master head-on, a challenge in his eye. Mace didn't back down. Time travelers unprecedented. If that man really is a future version of your apprentice, if the Force revealed this to Obi-Wan in a vision, this is much larger than your hurt emotions. It was a criticism. Mace held the glare for a moment, and then softened somewhat to add, and he's probably far more confused than he's letting on. The boy is sixteen. If it's shaken you this badly, old friend, try and imagine what's going through his mind. Qui-Gon's lips thinned, his emotions refusing to leave him completely. I intend to find out. That evening, Obi-Wan entered the rooms and deposited his cloak on the couch without a word. He went straight to the meditation cushions where Qui-Gon was waiting for him. Was Master Yoda insightful? He asked, even tone a stream of worry bubbling beneath the veneer of calm. He had more questions than answers, Master, Obi-Wan confessed guiltily. And I have even more questions and even fewer answers. What happened today in the lower levels, Padawan? It came out more interrogative than it meant to, and Obi-Wan shrunk back into his robes. I'm sorry, Master, I didn't mean to concern you, I... Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon cut in, closing his eyes and breathing deliberately in, 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 and then out. I'm not concerned. Which was a prolific lie. I just need to know. Master Window tells me you had a vision of some kind. Obi-Wan still ducked as though he were under censure. Yes, Master, I... When I held the lightsaber, I saw... He paused, wondering how to describe it. A vision. 
Mine, but not mine. It was... it was an Elom. Qui-Gon frowned. You saw Elom? No. Obi-Wan tilted his head, trying to sort through his thoughts. I never saw anywhere in particular, no real place, but I was on Ilum. When it happened originally, I mean. I'm not sure I understand. Obi-Wan's face said that he didn't really either. I mean, it it wasn't my vision master. He was frustrated, self-doubt making him blush. It was his vision. I was just remembering it for him. But I was, he was me from later, from the future. Qui-Gon stared, biting down on instinct to sort through his reactions. Everything he wanted to ask sounded like a demand, every thought born of fear, of a protective, paternal jealousy that was completely unbecoming his station. He inhaled slowly, in, 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 and out, out, out. There is no motion, there is peace. Master, Obi-Wan ventured timidly, not looking at him. Yes, Padawan? I'm... He shot a glance up at Qui-Gon, not sure how to communicate his anxieties without centering on them. But what else could he send on right now? I'm not going mad, am I? He begged. Qui-Gon let out a mirthless huff. Who were they to know? I do not think so, Obi-Wan. I hope not. He drew up his long legs and settled into the lotus pose. With me. Obi-Wan obediently followed his master into meditation, desperate for the solace of the Force. They could not wade slowly into the deep, they fell, hard and flailing. The lights whirled around them, offering little answers, asking for patience and open minds. Tossed within the waves, Obi-Wan could feel the stirrings of visions not his own, shadows of things he had never seen, unfamiliar cliffs on Elom, the saber in its blue heart. It would be his starting point, he felt, the beginning of his inquest. It would take time, days, weeks, months, years. They would not understand. He would not understand. It was going to hurt. Despair, despair, the shadows said. He was prepared to defend. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. Something in the light smiled and rewarded his diligence. You will learn. Your master will learn. Ben will learn. You will all learn and live, and the balance will be restored. Take heart. It is a new beginning. It sounded so grandiose and so massive, too massive for him to comprehend. Already it was slipping from his grasp. In his mind's eye, he found himself standing perched on a high mountain face above the clouds. He had no idea how he'd gotten there and could not see the trail from which he must have emerged. He knew that his destination was somewhere in the distance, in the valley beyond this icy cliff face. Directly below him was a path only wide enough for one boot. His stomach jumped in fear, frozen earth numbing his hands where he clutched at the slope. But the path was even and clear. If he just put one foot in front of the other, carefully, just one at a time. Ping, ping, ping. Master and apprentice emerged as one, ungraceful and confused. Qui-Gon arose first to answer the calm vying for their attention. Jin? The High Council has been briefed on the situation. It was May's window. We will hold a close session tomorrow morning, before dawn. Obi-Wan has been summoned to appear at the fourth hour. Such exceptionally early summons communicated the gravity of the deliberation. Master Yoda had told the Padawan to expect it. Obi-Wan still gulped. Qui-Gon answered, We will be there. You misunderstand me, Master Jin. Only Obi-Wan's presence has been requested by the Council. 
a two-pronged bolt of alarm shot through their small apartment. Obi-Wan wished fervently for his master to rebel, but Qui-Gon only bit his cheek before saying tersely, Understood, Master Window. He will be there. And that was that. Qui-Gon put away the calm and silently moved to the small kitchen. Obi-Wan shambled in after him, hands picking nervously at the hem of his sleeve. Master? He asked a dozen different questions at once. When Qui-Gon did not respond, he asked, What are you going to do? Surely Qui-Gon would do something. He always did something. I'm going to make tea, he said, and then I'm going to serve some to you, and some to me, and I'm going to drink my portion, and then I am going to meditate. Oh, Obi-Wan said. After half a moment's thought, he went to his master's right side and fetched the teapot and bowls while Qui-Gon filled the kettle. The implication of fealty did not pass the taller man's notice. You will need to retire early, he reminded the apprentice. Obi-Wan paused, resumed. Yes, master. He resigned himself to his fate, alone. They did not speak as they brewed and took their tea. Only afterward, as Obi-Wan was passing to go towards his bedchamber, did Qui-Gon reach out to brush the boy's shoulder with his hand, giving one arm a gentle squeeze. Obi-Wan did not look up, but his appreciation rippled over the bond. Mind tingling with questions and apprehension, Qui-Gon turned out the overhead lights and went to his well-worn meditation cushion. He sank into the familiar pose and let his eyes drift close, brow taut. The unsleeping Coruscanti sky blinked dull colors through the tall windows beside him, light pouring over the angles of his face, inky shadows describing the lines of subdued worry. There is no passion, there is serenity. Bokara had warned Ben late the night before. Thankfully, he'd slept until sunset and was awake and alert for the summons. After she told him, he abandoned his bed and found a spot in the corner where he could meditate. Bokara hid her surprise when she found him there very, very early in the morning, sitting cross-legged on the hard floor, white hospital robes baggy around him. Ben? She called in a whisper. It felt wrong to talk too loudly here at night. Slowly, his eyes fluttered open, and he looked up at her. I brought you these. She held out her bundle of browns and creams. They should be your size. He took them from her gratefully, and she left him to change. Oh, he could have cried for the feel of them. A Jedi did not crave luxury, but clean robes were not merely a luxury, not to him. After twenty years alone in the desert, with sand and sweat chipping away at his heart, these small luxuries were a momentous welcome home. Glad to experience the nostalgia and privacy, Ben adorned himself carefully in the ancient routine. He'd always been a lover of tradition. Leggings first, inner tunic, outer, left over right, tabards, one over the other, one for the night. They were bound together by the force and Obi at his waist. The nerve-hide belt represented his duty, holding the whole piece in place. Finally, worn openly on his belt was his soul, his lightsaber. As plain and as promising as the piece he was called to protect. He brushed his fingers over the hilt almost apologetically. He'd done his best to clean it, but it was still a sorry sight. He supposed he could see to it more thoroughly later. Later. Because he wasn't going anywhere any time soon, it seemed. The past. He took a steadying breath and brought his focus back to the present moment. Vukara had included a grooming kit in her delivery, which he was ordinarily thankful for. His thirty-five-year-old head of hair was far more abundant than the wispy cap he'd grown accustomed to, and it hung on his head like a mop. He trimmed it back, cropped close on his neck. He left it longer in the front. He'd always enjoyed having a fringe, and besides, reversing the receding hairline was an irresistible opportunity. 
He trimmed his beard to that neat and precise length that he'd found years ago, perfectly situated between the realms of aristocracy and rogue. The beard had also benefited from his rejuvenation, but there remained something in the set of his mouth, something in the slant of his eyes, that even the upheaval of time could not reverse. Ben Kenobi was old, and he was wise, and at the moment he was also rather afraid of what came next. Ready? Vokara arrived as he was folding his hospital clothes. She reserved judgment on his appearance, but thought privately that he was born to wear robes. He was short, and the clothes were humble, but in them he was the most notable man in the room. With the haircut and the uniform, she could see more easily the resemblance between Obi-Wan and Ben. Paradoxically, she could also more clearly see the differences. I suppose I am. I must thank you for your accommodations, Master Jay. You have been most kind. She smiled at him as she came to the door. And whenever did you learn to use manners in the halls of healing, Kenobi? He smiled back. When I had to learn to live without them entirely, he told her easily, affecting not to notice when the smile fled her face. Now, I'm afraid I've forgotten. Which way is the High Council Tower from here? Okawa waved for him to follow her, and the two masters fell quietly into step with each other. Ben ogled every column, statue, and mosaic they passed, tears sometimes only barely harbored behind his eyes. It was better than he saw it all again at night, in the dark. His silence begged Master Che not to comment, and she complied with a compassionate and curious air. She left him at the turbolift gate, standing alone in the silence of the night. May the force be with you, Master Kenobi. She struggled with the name, but found that it fell off her tongue naturally once she decided to say it. He smiled at her. And also with you, he whispered for the first time in decades. The lift door slid shut, and the repulsors hummed their airy tone as he sped upwards toward what, in his mind, was the hall of ancient history. The car stopped at the residential level, and when the doors hissed open, there was the face of his younger self. Qui-Gon stood at his side, looking as though he'd been up all night and was trying to hide it. They both seemed slightly taken aback by the sight of Ben, freshly groomed and bedecked in Jedi browns. The object of the scrutiny bowed. Master? He greeted, and wondered belatedly if he should have been more formal. He turned his gaze to Obi-Wan. Padawan Kenobi? Master Kenobi? The apprentice frowned at the taste of it. Ben chuckled. Just Ben is fine. He smiled down at his younger companion as he stepped into the lift. May the force be with you, Padawan. Qui-Gon directed to his apprentice. He looked at Ben as if to address him as well, but paused. What would he call this man? Ben bowed in time with Obi-Wan, responding to the first address. Qui-Gon's stiffened posture troubled him, but the turbolift door slid shut before he could contemplate it further. It was a long trip to the council chamber. Beside Ben, Obi-Wan shuddered, ribcage shivering in pure nerves. Ben cast him a kind look. Don't focus on your anxieties, Padawan, he intoned mischievously. Obi-Wan turned to look up at him, surprised. Ben chuckled. He'll hammer it through your skull eventually. Obi-Wan let out a nervous laugh and shuffled his feet. He cast furtive glances at Ben out of the corner of his eye, intimidated and curious in equal measure. He shivered again. When the door opened, Mace Window was waiting for them. The normal guard of temple attendance had been excused for the confidential nature of this meeting. Ben was a pillar of calm, but Obi-Wan, beneath a stiff shell of training, was shaking like a leaf. When the council room doors opened to reveal the august assembly beyond, the apprentice hastily clasped his hands to hide their trembling. Ben waited for Mace to walk ahead of them before he gave the boy a quick, reassuring squeeze on his shoulder. Courage, 
he said, and stepped forward into the circle. Obi-Wan followed slightly behind and to the right, a Padawan's place. Celta lamps glowed softly from the mounts, dully illuminating the chamber room while Coruscant spun slowly through the darkened pre-dawn hours. The lights of passing air cars cast shadows on the floor. Seated directly across from the door, Masayoda studied the newcomers. Welcome, Padawan Kenobi, Master Kenobi. There was a muted rush of displeasure at the repetition, and Ben sensed immediately that not all of the council agreed on his identity. He looked around at their faces and felt a tide of emotions wash over him. Alive, all of them. Depa, Kiari, Saisi Chin, Adigalia. He looked down at his feet and fought to release his overwhelmed heart. Oh, how he'd missed them. Hmm, was Yoda's only comment on the silent struggle, which doubtless the whole council could sense. As a mercy to the terrified Padawan and the overwhelmed master, Mace Windu took his time reiterating what the council had already been told. They were here to deliberate the disturbance in the Force wrought by the arrival of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi from the future. Putting it that way, thought the time traveler himself, it was no wonder the council was murmuring under their breath. He had been rather preoccupied with dying when the disturbance occurred, but he had it on multiple authorities that the temple had never experienced a phenomena quite like it, and that it had made even the most revered masters irritable and on edge. So, he added of in as the first contributor, Master Kenobi. Ah, uh, so Master Muni was playing the skeptic. Ben felt almost hurt. They had been close and trusting friends in another life. You claim that you are from the future. I claim nothing, Master Mundi, he said, and realized only later that the quiet murmur of surprise was because he'd known immediately to whom he was speaking. I merely accept that which the Force reveals to me. As I am sure Master Yoda and Master Windu, as well as Chief Hila Master Che, can verify, for most of my waking hours since I arrived here, I have been under the impression that I was dead. Yoda didn't bother to cover his chuckle. Ben glanced at him. That troll could be a truly irreverent pest sometimes. And rightly so. Murdered, or so it appears, hm? It was a prompt. Dutifully, Ben peeled back his tunics to reveal one edge of his side chaskar, then the other. A few council members shifted in their seats. We have heard Master Chase's report, Master Tin said. But how is it possible? Adigalia's piercing gaze challenged the room. You should be one with the Force. Should be harumphed Yoda. Narrow, the force is not. Constrained by our shoulds and should-nots, it never was. Another time, another place, death, here, now, alive. He looked between the young Kenobi and the old. The council scrutinized them in unison. But how are we to know that the two are the same? Shark T asked in a reasonable tone. The very event at hand had caused the disturbance so great to obscure itself. It is not the way of the light. Clarity is the way of the Force, nodded Eve Koth in agreement. With respect, masters, Ben spoke up with practiced diplomacy. The way of clarity has always been paved with patience and forbearance. He glanced around the room. It is haste that is not the Jedi way. Kiadi straightened in his seat, pleasantly impressed. Well said, Master Jedi, he said. The tone in the room shifted. How shall we test you then, hmm? Yoda prompted. A solution? Has the Force provided us? He glanced around the room, waiting for a thought. Eeth Koth spoke up. Padawan Kenobi, he said. Obi-Wan couldn't help a small jump of surprise at being addressed directly. 
Master Window tells us that when you found the man's lightsaber, you experienced a psychometric vision. Is this true? Ben turned to watch his younger self in surprise, expectant expression matching those all around them. It was not psychometry. Obi-Wan found it surprisingly easy to speak confidently on this matter. Something deep inside him knew that what he said was right. It was a memory, Masters. Mine, but his. He glanced at Ben. I saw a scene from the Caverns of Elam. A ripple of surprise ran a circuit around the room, and Ben was perhaps the most shocked of all. He and Obi-Wan shared a brief look. Surprised you are, Master Kenobi, observed Yoda. Know of this vision you did? No, Masters, Ben said, casting Obi-Wan another startled glance. I did not. Hmm. Settle this, we will. Visions of Elam trivial matters are not important, deep in meaning. Remember the vision you do, young Obi-Wan. Yes, Master. Recite it to us, you will. Verify the account, your master will. Your master. You, the master. Obi-Wan gulped. In the vision, he had been a master, a master of some years, seeking out a new soul. In the vision, I stood in the dark, and a light appeared in front of me. I reached out, and it came to me, rested in my palm. I grasped it, and it became a lightsaber. That one. Obi-Wan glanced at Ben's belt. That one, except, uh, cleaner. A few muted chuckles. Ben did not hear them. He was staring at Obi-Wan, hanging on his every word. It unnerved the Padawan, and he looked away. Um, I... I ignited the saber, and it felt right. Well built. I turned to leave, but I could not. There were snow banks on either side of me, and a starless sky above. Uh, a man appeared. He wore black all over, and... He couldn't breathe right. Obi-Wan hesitated. He... had a red lightsaber. Now... The entire council chamber was silent, ears trained to the voice of the young Padawan. He attacked me. We fought. He cut me down by the neck. And now, knowing about the scar, Obi-Wan had to glance at Ben. And then what, Padawan? Mace coaxed him. My lightsaber exploded, he said. It had been an odd thing. Even unstable crystals took quite a bit of prompting to combust. The crystals flew away and split evenly in two. The man and the red saber and my saber all fell away, but the crystal was there. The pieces flew away from each other, but then back together. Then it spun and shot back towards me. It hit me in the chest. Beat. And? Master Mundi prompted. Obi-Wan shuffled. That's where it stopped, he said. All eyes shifted to Ben. Well? Master Window waited. Is the boy's account accurate? Two halves of his soul split and tossed over oblivion and shot back to him only as he lost awareness completely. He had never understood the vision until this moment. To the letter, Ben said in a shocked and humble tone. It was what I saw the day I harvested the crystal for this saber on Elom, he said firmly. And how is this proof of your identity? Aunt Igalia was still skeptical. How do we know it was not very advanced psychometry? There was still some silent contest over that. The council's vote was an even split between belief and dissent. Ben took a moment to think. Perhaps the council will accept this test in reverse. He laid out his gambit. I will recount that which I, Obi-Wan, encountered at my first visit to Ilum, and Padawan Kenobi will verify my account. An interested hum. Adi looked to Ki Adi, who looked to Saisi, who tipped his head at Jarel Poff, whose neck swiveled towards Shark T, 
whose leg had twitched at Eath Koth, whose foot pointed towards Deep Abilaba, who mentally nudged Mace, who nodded his acquiesce. Ben read the silent code with the eye of a seasoned counselor and began his recount. I stood in a hall of red light. Obi-Wan immediately went stiff at his side. Two crystals, blue and green, waited for me at the end of the hall. I reached out and took hold of both. The blue turned into a saber in my hand. That one, in fact. He indicated Obi-Wan's saber, which was barely a year old now. I heard a sound behind me. When I turned, there was a demon there. We fought. I threw the green crystal at him. It burned him and itself. They both disappeared, leaving me in the dark with the blue crystal. It was in my hand when the vision ended. Anyone could have determined the verdict by Obi-Wan's posture alone, but May still asked, Is his report accurate, Padawan? Obi-Wan nodded quickly. Yes, master. He added on when he found his voice. Completely and in detail. Master and Padawan Kenobi shared a look. So combative are your visions, Kenobi? Yoda chastised. It was an empty reprimand meant to buy him a moment to think. At length he spoke. Private, the visions of Ilomar. Secretive, mysterious, would you say? He glanced around at his fellow counselors, who nodded their agreement slowly. Unreachable by force of will, unknowable by all but those of the sight, and those they tell. More nodding. Yoda turned his eye back to the two Jedi standing before them. Tell anyone of your visions, ever, you have, he asked. Ben and Obi-Wan met each other's gaze for one, two, three seconds. They turned and said as one, not a soul. The shifts in posture, the murmurs of surprise, the ripples of alarm and intrigue radiating from the force were like the very first peak of dawn on a black sky. Yoda glanced at Mace Windu, and something passed between them with finality. Master Kenobi, the Corn Master said, voice unwavering and assured. You realize that this makes you the very first recorded time traveler of the Jedi Order. Ben took a deep breath, absorbing the notion. He was also the very first Jedi to die and live to tell about it, as far as he knew. He had also been the first Jedi to defeat a Sith in a thousand years, and the first Jedi to train the Chosen One, and the first one to fail at doing so properly. He exhaled. The Force did seem to like picking on him in that respect. Yes, I suppose you're right, Master Window, he said, unaware that the whole council could hear the age in his voice. He glanced at Obi-Wan. Though I cannot comprehend why the Force has granted me this. Patience. Forbearance paves the way of clarity. Yoda supplied with a small green smile. Ben's expression softened. The Grandmaster looked around at the council members. Outside, the bright pastels of sunrise were beginning to encroach over the dark. Secret? This matter will stay. Kept safe among the council. For what purpose Master Kenobi appears, we know not. Tell no one. Wait on the Force, we must. Meditate on this, all of us will. It was a promise as well as an order. May the force be with you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Both of them bowed. As they turned to leave, Ben put a steadying hand on Obi-Wan's shoulder. The younger man looked up to meet his gaze. A new understanding passed between them, concrete and terrifying. The disturbed ley lines of the force began to rearrange themselves, rolling like cosmic tumblers into their proper places, one click at a time. Yoda stood along with the other council members once the two had gone. A long path, I sense, he told them all. Clouded, but firm. He nodded slowly to himself. He knew he would have to meditate on the matter more deeply and at length. But then, some things the Force revealed plainly. Yes, 
he said, after his thoughts settled. Firm, the path is. One step at a time.